Let's turn to Matthew 27. Matthew 27. And uh, <clears throat> verse 45 we'll read from. Uh, 27, 45. And from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. About the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard, heard, that, heard that, said, This man calleth for Elijah. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. And the rest said, Let it be. Let us see whether Elijah will come to him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints that slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. <clears throat> now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. And many women were there beholding afar off who followed Jesus from Galilee ministering unto him among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the other mother of Zebedee's children. <clears throat> We've covered portions of this, but we're filling in the gaps. Last week we went ahead and looked at the sepulchre because we had the Lord's table incorporated there in the evening service. So don't, this evening we go back. And so we're looking at the scene here in chapter 27, 32. The carrier of the cross, the cups of the cross, the crucifixion, the clothing below the cross, the citation above the cross. This is the king of the Jews. The criminals alongside the cross. We've noticed all these in different sermons. And the contempt of the scoffers at the cross, the rabble, the rabbis and the robbers. The cloud covering the cross, the darkness, and we'll cover that a bit more tonight. The cries from the cross we have covered, and the cessation on the cross. And now we see the signs. We've seen the soldiers and the scene, but the signs. What were the Jews looking for? Show us a sign. What more do you want? <laughs> What more do you want? I've showed you sign after sign. If you want a sign, you know, the Jews look for a sign. Well, all the miracles were signs of who he was. It seems they only lasted a day in the minds of these people. I wonder whether that judicial blindness that they have upon them now was already descending upon them. There's very few, few among them that, that understood what was, what was happening. <clears throat> And if they knew their Bible, they would have known who Jesus was. Tell, if you were a Jew in their day, see Simeon and the elderly lady in the temple, when Jesus was born, took him up and said, now, you know, my life's complete. I've held the Messiah, as it were. If, if you were a Jew in that day, what would you be able to say? Yeah, this is it. This is it. This is the time. Because, folks, it says in Hebrews 10, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. 
we should have our, have our eyes open. You know, things happening. But that, back in that day, let's talk about them. In the Old Testament, there was, a, there was a definite day they could have nailed down from the prophetic Old Testament scriptures for their day. It's all, it's all happened. It's fulfilled. What portion in the Old Testament? Can you think of one? Yes. Okay, well, where is that referred to in the Old Testament? Okay, you're, getting, you're in the right book. Chapter and verse now. <laughs> Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 and following. You know, from the going forth of the commandment to rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, shall be 69 weeks multiplied by 7 and it works out to the day that he rode in to Jerusalem. They should have known if they studied their Bible. That's why it's important to know the Scriptures. To know the Scriptures. And so, <clears throat> let's not be ignorant of the times and seasons, even as the Lord has told us not to be. But the Jews seek after a sign. <laughs> they had the Scriptures, but the Lord gave them all the miracles. They should have twigged. Well, here we have a few of these given to us tonight. Some one we've covered, the sepulchre. But let's and partly the sun. We've looked at the sun. Let's pray before we look at the remainder of that. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and I pray that we would be versed in the scriptures, studied in the word, that we might be encouraged and excited that our eyes might be looking up maybe today as the songwriter has said the Lord will come we know not the day nor the hour but we keep on living as though you were coming today but planning like you weren't coming in our lifetime I pray Lord that we would endeavour to put that into practice bless the scriptures to our hearts tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> 27.45 that we read, In the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. The first sign is the sun went out. <clears throat> well, the darkness came. <laughs> Psalm 19, if you turn back there, verses 1 to 6. Compared with Romans chapter 8, or cross reference with Romans, sorry, chapter 10, verse 8. So we'll, if you could find both. <clears throat> Romans 10, verse 8, and Psalm chapter 19. The heavens declare in Psalm the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter a speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. Incredible knowledge. Still just scratching the surface, the scientists are, of all that could be known in the heavens. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Everybody understands somebody made this. Somebody put this in, into place. Somebody empowered the system. Somebody cranked it up. <laughs> Somebody created it. The question should come thick and fast. 
when we have the sense to think about these things. There is no speech nor language. Their, line, their voice is not heard. Their line is gone throughout all the earth. Their words unto the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run the race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it and there is nothing hidden from the heat thereof. And so <clears throat> you've got the circuit of the sun. It was created, Romans chapter 10 and now and verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. No, sorry, verse 18. I'm looking at... <laughs> Verse 18, but I say, have not they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the end of the world. That's what, now he's quoting it, but he's changed it. Shall we do that? No, he's under inspiration here. <laughs> and he has been given that by the direction of the Holy Spirit, but it's the message. And this is a sign to them. As the sun went dark, as the sun, as it were, went out. And so Paul, in quoting from Psalm 19 in this verse, <clears throat> verse 18 of chapter 10, slightly altered the words and applies them to the preacher as you see it in its context. And faith cometh by hearing, in verse 17, hearing by the word of God. And how shall they preach except they be sent? So he's applying this as it were a preacher. The son is a preacher. <laughs> in the application here in it and so throughout the world the preacher goes forth the sun and this is a sign to the the sun went out this is a testimony to you folk what did they think on that day what would we all think if the sun went out like that for that those hours in the afternoon um, <clears throat> now there's a lot more that we could apply to this jesus is the son of righteousness <laughs> the son of righteousness his life was being taken from him as he bare our sins in his own body on the tree until he cried, it is finished at the end of the period of darkness. And light streams from God, the son of righteousness and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you turn to the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, chapter 21 and verse 23 and following there. Revelation 21, 23. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in, in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the, lamp, the Lamb is the light of it. And the nations of them who are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Here at the, in that day, the Lord will be the light of the world, literally. <laughs> There's no need of the sun because his light brightened and lit up the place. Turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and this is where it's used over and over again, this type of the Lord. He is the light of the world. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, and starting at verse 3. <clears throat> we read written there, all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life. And the life was the what of men? The light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehendeth it not. And so this is a sign to the Jew. This is a preacher to us. This is a preacher to the nations. 
the light of the world is Jesus. In verse 7, the same came for a witness, that is John, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, that is John, but was sent to bear witness of that light, the Lord Jesus. And that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And our God in his mercy and grace has given opportunity for everyone to be lightened. And even through the circuit of the sun. And even to the Jews on this day in this dark hour where the Lord's life was taken. It was a sign to them that the light had been. They had extinguished the light. <laughs> that he was bearing their sins at that time. Chapter 3 and verse 19 of the Gospel of John. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. He that doth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest and that they are wrought of the Lord. And over and over again in the Gospel of John, you find the light of the Lord spoken about, like in again in chapter 8 and verse 12, where <clears throat> we read, Then spoke Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so the world is left with a testimony of the light of the sun. <clears throat> Here the sun is, as it were, goes dark for that, those hours, was it three hours in the afternoon? This, that's the first sign. The second sign, if you go back to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. Matthew 27. <clears throat> Sixth hour to the ninth hour. Uh, the second sign is given in verse 51. And we find there, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks were rent. The sanctuary. So what sign come from the hand of God here? The rent veil. How sacred was this place to the Jewish person? Very sacred. You go, upon, you go in there at the threat of your life. It was a very sacred place. This curtain separated the holy place from the holy of holies. And that whole place was curtained in and the, there was the court without with the white curtain that surrounded the whole tabernacle. This is where the presence of God was until when? <laughs> the glory removed in the book of Ezekiel. And it moved here, and it moved there, and it moved in the wheels, within the wheels. And the glory of God moved out of Jerusalem. They rebuilt the temple, but it, I don't believe you ever find that it was the glory of the Lord returned, even when the Lord was there. They were going through the rituals of the system that they'd gotten used of and brought all those things. And so here, the sign from heaven is very significant to them. <coughs> This is where the presence of God was before the temple's destruction eventually. 
when the Babylonians made sure of that. And then they came back into the land and rebuilt and Herod's, Herod's temple rebuilt. He just got it rebuilt and what, 30 years later? They pulled it apart. And if you don't believe it, go to Israel. Walk east. And it's quite a bit of, you can walk down there. All the streets seem to come to that point in, in Israel to the Wailing Wall. And you're walking east, facing east, and there's a Wailing Wall. It keeps on going up underneath. It used to go a lot further. The Temple Mount, there's all been buildings put there, and then it goes, goes south as well. And on the south side of the Wailing Wall, if you, if you go outside of where they do their, their prayers, what do you find? A big heap of big stones, <laughs> square, um, rectangular. Where do they come from? And you look up, they come from up there. <laughs> and they've tossed them over. They decimated the place, <laughs> decimated the sanctuary and everything else. So this curtain through which the high priest only went once a year on the Day of Atonement, Exodus chapter 26 and verse 31 and Leviticus 16. We won't turn there, but that's where it's talked about. This curtain, they went through that once a year. It had four layers in it. As you read the, the, the curtain and the other curtain at the front of the Holy of Holies and there's the holy place, and the, the different curtains, all very thick, very, very heavy. Let's turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verses 1 to 10. Hebrews 9, 1 to 10. And then, <clears throat> then verily, the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. <laughs> For there is a tabernacle made, the first in which was the candlestick, and the table of showbread, which is called the sanctuary, and after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant round about with gold, in which was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. And over the cherubim of the glory, shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly, now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first sanctuary, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second, the holiest of holies, went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, for the offering which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The Holy Ghost thus signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was standing we now have access to the holy of holies how do we do that through prayer because the veil has been rent we all have the privilege that the priest once a year went into that place do we come boldly before the throne of grace do we access that place that has been open for us? They say that they had bells on the high priests and when the high priest, priest that went in, would, the bells would stop ringing, what, would they, what could they think? He's died. Because 
he did the wrong thing or he had sin in his life. I know it says it's for his sin and for the sins of the people. And they say there was a rope tied to him that they could drag him out. For if anyone else went in there, they also could die and going into the presence of the Lord. But this veil <coughs> is a type of, the, of his flesh, of his flesh. Hebrews 10 and verse 19. You know, Hebrews is written to Hebrews to help them understand what this is all about. What happened to the tabernacle and all its services, along with the book of Colossians and Galatians. Other references in Scripture, 10 verse 19, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. We now have access. The veil has been rent. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with, washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that is promised. Let us consider one another and to provoke one another to love and to good works. And so here it's said in verse 20, a new and living way that is consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. <clears throat> It was rent from top to bottom, from heaven to earth. Heaven did this. God did this. A sign heralding the end of Judaism and its ritual religion and an end of the Old Testament economy. One commentator said the veil was 18 metres long or tall, 18 metres tall, that's pretty high. Six metres wide and as thick as a span of a man's hand. So you're talking six inches, a minimum of four inches with four layers in that, in that curtain. It was a heavy curtain. Huh. Um, <clears throat> he said a yoke of oxen could not have rent the veil. The fact that it was torn in two from top indicates the divine nature of this symbolic catastrophe. In Matthew 26 and verse 57, if we go back to Matthew, keep, keep it in mind, what we're talking about there. Matthew 26 and verse 57, we read this. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Cephas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled together. And down to verse 65, and Jesus said unto him, Thou hast said, nevertheless I say unto you, hereafter ye shall see the Son of God sitting on the right hand of power, coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. Who is this fellow that rent his clothes? Gephias, the high priest. He was not to rend his clothes. And so in this is a symbolic taking away of the Old Testament priesthood. He rent his clothes. The priesthood has been rent. It's, it's finished. Who, who keeps on having priests in their system today? Who keeps thinking that they can, we have to, people have to go through the priest to God? The Catholic system. It's gone. It's finished. And they still go on with that sort of, and the priests, they are far, far from living the truth. Um, so Caphias rent 
His garments signified the rending of the Old Testament priesthood. God rent the veil, indicating the end of the Old Testament temple, its sacrifices, its days, its months, its years. They're finished. They're finished. Um, Let's go to a a few references. Let's go to Exodus to start with in chapter 31 and verse 13. Exodus 31 and 13. Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you, he is speaking to Israel, throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord who does sanctify you. Verse 17, It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And it says much the same in Ezekiel chapter 20 and verse 12 and 20. That's Ezekiel 20, 12 and 20, as it said in Exodus there. Let's go to the New Testament now and turn, first of all, to Galatians chapter 4 and verse 9. Galatians 4 and verse 9. Talking about the sign of the rent veil. (laughs) The way has been opened. The old system is gone. The New Testament begins. Galatians 4 verse 9 reads, But now after ye have known God, Paul talking to these people that were going back into the old system, uh, that he'd won to the Lord, or rather uh, known by God. You know what Paul said just then? But now after ye have known God, an intellectual assent. He was wondering if these people had only given an intellectual assent to the gospel. Or rather, a known by God. Who knows if you are? Huh. How turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements unto which you desire again to be in bondage? I've given you a sign. I've rent the veil. I've rent the priest's garments. He's, well, he, he rent them. The veil's been rent from heaven. That's done away with. It's been fulfilled in the Lord Jesus. Ye observe days and months and times and years. I'm afraid of you, Paul said, lest I've bestowed upon you labor in vain. I labored in the gospel to give you the gospel, the freedom and liberty that comes with the gospel. And now you're going back to that system. God has shown us it's not on anymore. It's fulfilled. It's finished. Brethren, I beseech you, be ye as I am For I am as ye are, ye have not injured me at all. It hurts, but it doesn't hurt. (laughs) You know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel to you at the first. And you can read on there about what Paul said then to them. Go to Colossians chapter 2, and he gets more pointed, Paul does, here in Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. Blotting out... The handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Can any of us fulfill the law? Could any of us have done that? Could any of us got to heaven by keeping the law? No, no. It was against us. It it condemned us. It showed us how sinful we were. Ah, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And let no man therefore judge you in these things, in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day 
or of a new moon or of the Sabbath day, which are a shadow of the things to come, the body is of Christ. The rent veil signified that from heaven assigned to them that it was finished. <laughs> and when he said it is, the Lord said it is finished, it was finished, wasn't it? <laughs> the way was opened into the inner court. I mean, into the inner holy of holies, into the sanctuary where the very presence of God was. Uh, <clears throat> now, what do you think the Jews did after the veil was rent? These <laughs> stitched it up. That stitched up. <laughs> and you're talking a long way up. They would have had to put scaffolding and everything up to get that. And, to, to and they had three, four layers, remember, to stitch up. They'd start on the inner layer. Wonder how many times they needled themselves. You know what it's like, fellas, <laughs> trying to use a needle and thread. And they would have had some pretty heavy ones, heavy duty <laughs> for that. So they endeavoured to stitch it up. If we go back to the old system, we go back under the law. We put ourselves under that. And what we say to the Lord Jesus, all you did avails me nothing. It's a slap in the face of the Lord Jesus. We have the new and living way, the new covenant, the covenant of his blood. Let's go that way. Let's go that way. How many years later did God have the whole temple destroyed as we described it earlier? About 37, 35 years later, 70 AD, it was all decimated along with the veil <laughs> being rent there's something else that happened in verse 51 back in Matthew Matthew chapter 27 and 51 behold the veil of the temple was rent from the top to the bottom the earth did quake and the rocks were rent and so the signs there was the sun there was the sanctuary and there was the stones <laughs> and along with the veil the rocks were rent <clears throat> in Luke chapter 19 and verse 40 at the triumphal entry of the Lord into Jerusalem <clears throat> the religious leaders said stop them saying what they're saying about yourself and the reply of the Lord Jesus to these religious hard-hearted people if they be silent what would happen the rocks will cry out <laughs> It would have been good. Hey, fellas, just be silent for a minute. <laughs> Let the rocks speak. <laughs> Let the rocks speak. Hey, it's like the donkey and Balaam, isn't it? <laughs> and um, <laughs> he started talking to the donkey. When you start talking to the animals, you know, you're very upset or they're not doing what you want or you're going mad. <laughs> so they, th th these rocks would have talked. But wouldn't it be good when you go to Israel and walk through and you know this is, this is where the Lord walked to hear the conversations. We have them in scripture, a lot of them. But, but if everything was recorded that the Lord had done, the world could not 
contain the books. It tells us that in the Bible. <laughs> and so <clears throat> the rocks were rent. In Exodus 19, we won't turn there, in verses 9 to 25, the whole mountain was in a smoke and quaked when the Lord's presence come down there in Sinai. In verse 18 of chapter 19. In Isaiah 55, verse 12, the mountains and hills before you shall break forth into singing. That'll be a day when they break forth into singing. And it won't, it won't be rock music. Otherwise, that all shatter to bits. <laughs> and I think even that music played in uh, certain places would do that in a certain volume. But the rocks speak. The ro in what other way do the rocks speak? This in the fossils. The rocks are speaking very loudly today. <laughs> if you get Creation Magazine or look into any of that, they're crying out. <laughs> Flood, worldwide. Flood, Noah, Noah. <laughs> he was a real person. It's only just over 4,300 years ago that this did happen. And they constantly find things that contradict their predictions because the old things should be down the bottom layers and the newer things up the top, but they're all up the other way oftentimes. And they're not just on the flat plains. Some, and I wished that, well, sometimes I do. I lived in Queensland. It's too hot up there. but And was able to dig around there and find some fossils. You just don't find them in the acidy soil of down Victoria. And you don't find them in granite country at all. They just, if, no, it's not. It's original stuff, that. But up there and you're digging away and you find these fossils. And the farmers, after a drought, the dry ground, and then it seems the fossils even come up and they plough, and here's another one, some big dinosaur. And the rocks cry out to the evidence of the Lord Jesus, the evidence of what he did to this world. And, you know, it's a rebuke to our generation. When the Son of Man comes, it'll be like in Noah's day. It, it, it likens it to that. And the last time was with a flood, and Peter says the next time we'll be, we'll be with a fire to devour the place i was just reading today that the oxygen levels in the sea is plummeting and that's where a lot of the oxygen for the world comes from from all the things that grow in the sea okay it's it's coming it's coming because the whole sea is going to turn to blood and every creature in all the sea is seas are going to die and the whole place is going to smell bad bad fish Ah, the, the rocks are still crying out. Just an application of that. The signs, the sun, the sanctuary, the stones, and the sepulchre that we looked at last time, verse 52 and 53, and the sentries. Not the sentries as in a hundred years. <laughs> the guys standing there, verse 54. Now when the centurion... And they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake and these things that were done. They feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. When you're in England and go to Buckingham Palace, and those guys are standing there like, is he real? And what do you feel like doing? What do the children do? <laughs> go pull his trousers or poke him? 
um, to see if they're real. There's those people that paint themselves grey. I, I don't know if they do it in Australia, I haven't seen one. They do, do they? And they just perfectly still, I couldn't... <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> like that, in action. And <clears throat> these were tough men. And what was their reaction? What was the reaction of the centurion and with his co-workers? He feared greatly. These were Roman legionnaires who had witnessed many a scene of horror and were very callous in their actions and their behaviour and their thinking. They feared greatly. Their harsh training in the Roman army, their iron discipline... Legs of iron, remember? Daniel 9. I mean, Daniel earlier. Their reputed courage in the face of danger all conspired to make, the, make them men who were fearless. But here it tells us that they what? Feared greatly. Here's another sign of these sentries that were standing, centurions, that were standing guard. What sent soldiers, uh, shudders through these soldiers was the fact that the one that they had just crucified, what did they say? Surely he was the son of God. That sends shudders down their spine that we've just killed the greatest soldier of all, the son of God. And they feared greatly. They'd heard the rabble scoff at Christ's claim. They heard the rabbis deride him. They'd heard the robbers make fun of it. And they'd seen, they'd seen the darkness and all the things that were done. And they believed. It says that there. Surely he was the Son of God. What do we have to do to be saved? <laughs> Confess that Jesus is the Son of God. Maybe these were the first believers of millions of people that would follow when they saw what they did. They're a, they're a sign to the Jew even that these people believed he was. What's wrong with you in not believing? What made them react this way? Verse, verse 54 tells us what they saw as they watched him there, dying with dignity and grace, forgiving his foes, giving the thief who had moments to live life eternal and paradise promise, making final arrangements for the well-being of his mother, talking to God his Father, crying out for thirst of body. They had seen the orchestrated outrage of nature as the sky darkened and the rocks being rent. And they said, truly, this was the Son of God. Surely, surely we can say he is the Son of God. They may have been the first fruits of those that confessed the Lord. Well, wait, 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 we back up. There was one man, the thief on the cross. <laughs> the thief on the cross. And they heard that. Heard that. Um, <clears throat> then there was the sympathizers. And we've, we've done our time. I mean, we, we've, we're out of time. But the sympathizers were at the cross. All these are signs of who the Lord was to the Jewish people. But they still didn't believe. Even after the resurrection, they're holding against the Lord Jesus. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your great deeds that you've done for us, the things that you've fulfilled as far as prophets are concerned when you're on the cross, the things that were done there to be seen by many and seen by toughened men, soldiers, who had crucified you. Surely he was the Son of God. 
And oh, that this Christmas time people would say, surely he is the Son of God. Do whatever, Lord, you need to do in our country to wake people up to say he is the Son of God. Lord, I know that Christmas is a time of love and giving, but Lord, with all that's going on in our country, surely people are starting to think. Lord, wake their souls to the light of the gospel that they might see Jesus and believe on him. For our friends and our family and our relatives, Lord, just turn their hearts to you. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.